How are you? I'm doing well. I just announced to everybody I'm pregnant. <gasps> you know what? I was just going to ask. I was like, there's something in there. That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. So how, how far along are you? How many weeks? Uh, 14 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's so exciting. <laughs> so yesterday I went to an interesting mix of like doula and academia. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was, so I went, I'm on the doula board here. So we all went to this like neuroscience day, basically. Um, it's like a think tank they have to like link professionals, mostly like, I don't know what the fellows were. I think there are a lot of the people who are like hands on in daycares. Yeah. In early years. And it was like all neuroscientists. So it was like Michael Meany, Ariadna Slade, uh, like tons of, yeah, it was a wow. great day. But it was interesting. It was like the perfect thing for our talk because it was. They were like, "How do you feel?" I'm like, "Like that world is so masculine. Yeah, this world is so feminine. Wow, eh? Oh. So yeah, it was like kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, it's a good primer for uh, for this. Um, yeah. I I know. I've been thinking. I've just been really thinking a lot about this, and I can't even remember when I posted that Facebook that. Well, I mean, we've been talking about this before, but like, then I was really prompted to post a Facebook thing. And I just, I've been really thinking about how, like the feminine way, whatever that is, and I don't even know how to define that, but the feminine way is just not accepted um, or valued. And, and we actually, in the life coaching course, had a really, really lengthy discussion about it. Uh, around intuition and I mean I know we talk about it anyway but I was just like I was on this like mission I'm like we you know this has been this is a example of oppression and this is sexism that we can't talk about our intuition and mm. all this stuff and um yeah so I just feel like I'm kind of like really motivated to support women understanding and like I don't know almost like kickstart women understanding how they are through like their unique neuroscience they're like they're your unique brain they're you know the hormones like everything and and being like no this is actually a good thing it's not something to be like dismissive of you know this is how we are our brain is this way and we function this way yeah and I think that um like I've been talking I on and off talking about it with people throughout this year too and one of the biggest conversations was with someone who's a journalist who worked at like big feminist publications and she's like, all of the women there are, they act like men. Like yeah. they're like these, you know, really, really not feminist leaders. Um, and then we got into that conversation of like, they don't even, we don't even know how to be a leader and not act like a man. Yeah. Because we're really seeing one. Now it's emerging. Um, but in obviously in my experience, I've been like completely... Well, not completely, but, you know, at Dalhousie, there were a lot of women um, who yeah. were things. Um, but a lot of them were pretty, like, you know. Um, yeah. You had to run a lab. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Yeah. And it's the same, it was the same at U of T and the same at Columbia, too, right? So, yeah, it was interesting. Like, we had a really good time. We're like, what does a woman leader hmm. look like, even? Yeah. I mean, that's a great, that is a great question. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, and I don't really know what the answer is. I mean, but I think about this a lot because I do feel like a leader, you know, as someone who runs my own company and has staff, yeah. like, and people under me and, um, and then also in the sports world. But, you know, I guess some of the things that, I mean, you can answer that question, but I'll, I'm just going to say like some of the things I feel like we don't get to do the same way as leaders who are women is, is really push the community, the cohesiveness, the working together. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's, like, I don't even do that well enough. Like, I'm trying to, you know, not be the, like, top leader. I'll be the inspiration, but, like, how can I leverage other people's skill sets? And, yeah. you know. It's interesting, because the other part, so I'm spending so much time working on, like, presentations about emotional intelligence and helping people cultivate it, and learning so much myself but I also wonder it's like that's sort of like in the in the you know category of women's intelligence right, right. and it's not like men can be emotionally intelligent 
too. So it's like the definitions are kind of blurry. Like, um, I have to say I'm working for this company in New York right now doing some lectures and in the coaching world kind of realm. Um, and the boss has, is completely versed in emotional intelligence and is like the, one of the most incredible leaders I've ever seen. Like he's always like, every meeting is like, I firstly want to thank everybody here for bringing their talents to this group. You know, we're working together. I'm like, what? I've never seen anybody talk like this. Like it's obviously in the world of emotional intelligence, but it's incredible and so valued. And so I wouldn't say that he's sort of running his company like a typical alpha male kind of thing. Um, Yeah. So it's interesting to like, yeah, define like what are these male and female qualities and what are the qualities that are like just like cognitive, aggressive, that we would say are male mm-hmm. and then these kind of like emotional intelligence kind of addressing yeah. feelings and needs that are, we would classify as feminine. And like, yeah. Well, and I think like, you know, even trying to like talk about the definitions of that. So I've been trying to say more like feminine and masculine, not that that perfectly captures it, but it feels mm-hmm. better than saying male versus female or woman versus man. Um, because then with the feminine masculine, you know, still a dichotomy, but with that sort of dichotomy in mind, it, it feels more like yin yangish as yeah. opposed to, you know, just like what males or females have, because then, so for example, that, that male can be leading with a feminine style, yep. um, that is very helpful and great and, you know, successful or whatever, mm-hmm. even though he's yeah, a male. Sure, we have both inside of us. Yeah. And then that also explains could better explain some of the women like the feminists like especially like a lot of old school feminists who have adopted more masculine qualities Mm -hmm. and then probably in order to succeed right to be taken seriously and for all those reasons so yeah the masculine is so so the one of the big things I've noticed in like a meeting of like in in academia which is like very male driven I would say, um, usually like the only female in a room in most cases in academia um, versus like being in like the doula world and mm-hmm. infant mental health world where it's like there's one man in like, you know, a room of a hundred people often um, is, yeah, like the, the way that conversations go are totally different. So whereas like in the male kind of meeting, it's like someone's in charge, they're giving their idea Everyone else is in, like, reverence to that person. Um, and women can discuss things a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that maybe that's also perceived as, like, inefficient in some ways. Like, it's kind of, like, mm-hmm. um, it's harder to get it's harder to get things done quickly if everyone's giving their opinion and everyone's talking about what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone's also being seen and valued and... Right. So it depends on what your end goal is. Like, is your end goal to make decisions, every decision quickly, or is your end goal to have a good working environment and cohesion and longevity of the people and talent development or whatever? Yeah. 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 So one thing I was also thinking of was like stress response in males and females. Males are more described as like fight or flight when they're under huge amounts of stress and women are tend and befriend. Mm. Um, So I wonder how that kind of Hmm. plays into it because I feel like we've been conditioned to do the fight or flight. But it might not be our nature. But it might not be our nature. Exactly. All right. That is interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm reading, um, I just read an article about it. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't need, like, I should know that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I mean, I don't know if this is related, but just thinking about like cleaning, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, how that's like a common thing that people do under stress or as a way of like controlling their environment and, you know, and it can be to the point of obsessive compulsive disorder, um, or not, but that's like a, a tendon um, 
tend and defend. It's like a tending thing. It's like I need to tend to my environment. I need to keep things orderly or whatever that is, you know? Absolutely. It's funny too because I feel like I've been doing that a lot more. Like never before did I care about you know, having a tidy space, like I'm like the, you know, messy, 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 like everything's all over the place. And then since having Asher, I just feel like that sometimes that's the only place I can like get control is like, okay, I just need to tidy up the house. And, you know, before I'd be like, okay, I just need to go do work. But now it's like, I need to tidy up the house before I go do work. And it's just not anything I'm ever, I've ever done before. That's interesting too, because I wonder if the maternal brain, I mean, obviously it changes so much. The maternal brain could be even more, you know, yeah, have a bigger tendency to tend to befriend. Yeah, and you know what? It actually also reminds me of, um, I remember going to this keynote at, when I first started uh, working at the University of Guelph Humber. Uh, Asher was two and a half months old. So this was like the August and there was like this special like orientation for new faculty and stuff. And so I was still nursing heavily and Asher wasn't on, couldn't take a bottle or anything. And so Mike was out in the like outside of the door with Asher and would just like text me when like I needed to come out and so I'm sitting there and I remember listening to this keynote and I was thinking this is really amazing like this guy is engaging I love this content and then I would go just to the point of where I would start thinking about my own ideas and get really inspired and then I would like retreat and it was like it wasn't even on purpose my it's like my brain shut down and was like no you have a baby outside like that is your primary thing to do. And because yeah. I, and I also associate that period of like inspiration with kind of the stress response, right? It's arousal. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting into it. And then I went into this like tend mode. It's like right. I need it, to, I can't lose sight of the fact that I'm like a mom. This yeah. was all like unconscious. It, I was just like, you know, sort of reflecting upon it. Yeah. But it wasn't like I couldn't control it. My brain just shut down. <laughs> You couldn't put your res- any resources towards. No. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, it also makes me think about after weaning, they say that people who are mothers are the best workers. Mm. Like they're, the be- they're better than women who have never had a baby and they're better than men. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't um, know yet personally, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, on that, yeah, that they're like more efficient. Hmm. Um, I don't know what the measures are, but right. the definition they're act, you actually become a better worker, I guess, because you're prioritizing and yeah, and you're, I mean, I think there's like still evidence that like the female brain is is better at multitasking. Um, compared to them, I don't know, I haven't read anything recently, but that's, that might be pretty old, but, um, you know, it kind of makes sense if, if you're wired to, I mean, that is, that is what it is. It's multitasking. Like that's my day. It's like, I'm constantly like surveying to try and make dinner, you know, see if like, is he safe? Is he not sticking something into the electrical socket or like, you know, like I'm, you know, is constantly a million things going on at once. Right. And, um, and, and yet I feel productive, like I'm getting stuff done. So, <laughs> but if that could get better after weaning, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's why when people sort of lose their, lose their concentration and memory and all that kind of stuff when in early infancy, yeah. people try to be like, well, you're going to be better later. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I know it is interesting. I mean, this also brings up everything about you know value, valuing women in the workforce and when they take time off to have a baby and all of that and um you yeah. know employers being upset when a woman is pregnant and takes time off and you know that's mm-hmm. but this could be something you know like this is a good example then if like assuming that there's you know that's good valid research or whatever then um you know, I, I will be more efficient when I come back because my brain is now wired to to be better at this. So I might be better than the males that you have um, and make up for that, you know, six months or a year or whatever maternity leave that I just did. Yeah, maybe you should have lower pay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually an asset to have more mothers working for you. Yeah. 
I mean, that's we're kind of laughing about that, but that's imagine that. Like, imagine yeah. if we actually did value these skills enough to. I mean, we do research them. Like, a lot of people are researching them in like laboratory animals and and humans yeah. as well. But like, actually got this knowledge out into the mainstream so that people could say, yeah, there are good things about the female brain. It's not to be dismissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another idea I was thinking about that I also experienced, like working in male-brained world um, was that and, I, and I've heard this in other places too which is why I kind of like rang a bell was like I was basically a therapist for my lab so like mm-hmm. everyone and so women fulfill that emotional support role right. in a lot of workplaces and do not get paid for it and do not it is not acknowledged um, and they actually just keep everyone going and keep morale up and like mm are complete support people, um, which is funny because that's like a totally underground role mm-hmm. um, that that women play. So it's almost like that's another thing that is already there, the female brain's already doing, is not recognized or valued, but is, you know, so important to that boss. Yeah. And they have no idea that it's going on. I know. Like imagine being in an interview and them asking you, like, what do you bring to the team? What would you bring to the team? And saying that, yeah, like, a man or a woman listening to that would be like, so what? Like, yeah. that's nothing. And, and really not realize that that is a huge value mm-hmm. to the workplace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was a great researcher yesterday from Yale who was talking about that. Um, pe- people are like, how do you feel? He just says, how do you feel? And everyone's like stressed, frustrated, you know, whatever. And like, how do you want to feel? Mm. Um, and so, you know, women in the workplace actually do buffer some of that stress and frustration and help people feel the way they want. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, emotional intelligence matters. No one really gets that yet. I mean, it's coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wouldn't that be a funny role in like a corporation that, Someone would just be like, I guess they have like HR people and people to talk to and, and that kind of stuff. But uh. yeah, but you know, it's funny, actually. So I'm thinking about um, on my sports team we, here in Toronto, we had everyone had a role because we play competitively, right? Like we go in tournaments and stuff. And so there's actually lots to manage a team and we don't have like a whole manager and we don't even have a coach or anything. So we manage ourselves. And so we have all these different roles, like someone literally like brings the cones to the field, you know, someone else uh, organizes the rides and does hotels and stuff. And we had two people on the team that had to be the team ears. And okay. that role was basically that. It was the like hey. the venting, the like so that the captains didn't have to deal with everything, but people had a place to vent and just like get rid of their frustrations. And if it was serious enough, then the ears would bring it up to the captains. But mm-hmm. if not, it just sort of it stays there and people get heard but it doesn't actually affect the team dynamics and they also don't have to go and gossip and be like talking to everyone else it's like here's here's your place to go and I don't know who put this in the system but uh it was amazing and now I'm just comparing it to that it's like yeah this is this helps it function absolutely this is interesting I feel like there's like a list of like things the female brain is doing undercover and at, in the workplace. Yeah, really, eh? It's really interesting. That's why I think this is so important to, like, actually, like, I think you and I um, are, and anyone else who's ever studied any of this in neuroscience or even psychology, um, we're, we're at an advantage because we sort of can understand this. But there's so many people who have no idea that the way their brain works is actually valuable, is actually good, is, you know, and I mean, this isn't just about females. I mean, a a lot of people in general just don't realize, like, the skill sets that they have are really valuable because they're not part of this, like, tangible list. But but particularly for women, I think, because, you know, like, all these, like, soft skills are downplayed and, and we don't get paid for them. And no one even knows to say, this is a real thing. Like, the way I think is real it's valid it's not against you and let's just say for the for argument's sake it's 50 percent of the population thinks this way Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely 
Yeah. <sighs> it's amazing. I think, I think in like, you know, the sort of more traditional workplaces, that's probably, that's probably going to be like that for a while. Yeah. Maybe not. But, um, there's also all these like huge new, like female led startup kind of things happening. Um, female workplaces, like in Toronto, there's Chico system. Mm. Um, there's the wing in New York and I think they're expanding everywhere. Um, and there's a few companies here in LA that I'm talking to and it's a totally different world. Like, it's like, we all support each other. We all, you know, you know, Mm. lift each other up If everyone, if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. Um, Mm. that kind of philosophy is very feminine yeah um, those are young those must be like like younger generation of people like not like 60 year olds or 50 yeah. year olds they're probably like in their 30s kind yeah. of thing, 20s and 30s kind of thing hmm. um that could be an interesting kind of place to look for like like they're definitely like the leaders the thought leaders and like how right women are going to lead businesses and yeah well and uh, i'm interested in their struggles too because especially being tech companies if they're in you know anywhere if I sorry I don't even know if you said tech companies but some are yeah yeah um but just I mean tech for sure but generally companies like getting feedback on how you run your business if it's coming from typical mentors who are male or have a masculine approach then it's going to be feedback or directions that doesn't suit you yeah. and I feel like you know even on a small scale I that happened to me and I'm not one that looks for a lot of feedback from people, but people would just like share their ideas. Like even something simple, like how I respond to my emails um, mm. for for clients or, or particularly students coming to my life coaching course. I respond to every single one of them personally. And right. pe- someone said to me like, you can't do that. You got to automate that. And I was like, you know what? The fact that I do is why many people come to work with me because I'm not a robot. I'm Mm -hmm. not some like faceless corporation. People feel like I'm a real person and the company is led by a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't want to change that. Yeah. And And it takes guts to stand up to that, right? Because sometimes it's like, oh, you're, you're super successful. You run a great business. Oh, that should, maybe I should listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. And because they're always thinking about like scalability and how you have to relieve, relieve your time, which is which is a fair business concern. But there's other ways of doing that. Like yeah. you keep these personal things in, but you can scale in different ways. The personal part of this is like foundational to all the work that I do. So I can't get rid of that. And yet people were trying to suggest I should. Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's also there's that. And then there's also like these crazy stats. There's, um, what's the company called? Um, CEO. Mm-hmm. If, if you heard of them? Yeah. yeah they're, they're like, um, they help women, women's companies, um, yeah. venture, venture capital. Um, they put out these like stats, like if a woman is on an application for venture capital, they're like 10 times less likely to get it yeah. than if it was all men on it or something. I know. Did I ever tell you about this this little grant that I applied for, um, which was just a small amount, but um, it was about look studying my life coaching course, like the, okay. the impact of the life coaching course. And um, I, I didn't get it, and they claimed that there was a conflict of interest, which I understand that. Because it was your company? Yeah. Um, But I was like, you know what? A lot of other people do do, like, program evaluation and, like, all this other stuff. And then I was thinking, like, if I had done the same thing, if I was a a male and I – which a lot do, especially, like, in neuroscience. So a lot of males in neuroscience, in, like, molecular biology or whatever, they are running biotech companies in addition through their lab Mm -hmm. and – um, there's a huge potential for conflict of interest in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yet they're still getting grants. And then I, I, so I don't know if that is fully why, I don't know if this is fully why I didn't get it, but I started looking at it and thinking, okay, if I was, if they're looking at two grants and they see a male running a lab and a biotech company, that's normal. They can handle mm-hmm. that. If they mm-hmm. see, like, how many women do they see running a company and trying to run a lab or teaching at the university or whatever? I don't know anyone. 
Mm-hmm. Like even the ones, I don't know any even at, with biotech companies. It was all men that I knew of. Yeah. I'm sure they exist. I just didn't know of any. And so I'm like, I look like a, I look weird. Yeah. I, like I look like Not there's something, that. yeah, like there's something weird about that. Like why is she trying to make money on the side right. of like being in academia or whatever they were thinking possibly? Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. we would never question that, I don't think, for a man. No. Definitely not. So That's really interesting. But, yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I, you know, have you ever read the book, The Female Brain? No. Oh, my God. It was, like, written about 15, 10 years ago, I guess, maybe a little bit more. I started, I started reading it before, and then I kind of got out of it because I was like, I know a lot of this stuff. And I started reading again, and I was like, I was almost like throwing up in my mouth because it was so terrible the way that she was just talking about gender and like gender being like so biological and it was this assumption that you know boys become like this and girls become like this and it's biological and I was like oh my god there's so much socialization here that she's just totally ignoring and anyway that was a side note because I was like oh yeah that's really interesting because that also that's also like the nurture part um, and, uh, here in LA, um, talking a lot of like working with a lot of moms, there's all of these daycares here, right? So they're so, they're all teaching kids emotional intelligence. Mm. They're all teaching them to talk about their feelings. That's great. And I'm like, what is going to happen? Like these kids are not, you know, the girls aren't playing with tank and the boys aren't playing with trucks. Like they're all playing together in a yard with chickens and like talking about their emotions. Right. And kind of sorting them out together. So I'm like, what's going to happen to them? Like maybe they aren't going to develop the dichotomy. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah. Cause we, we, I feel like that typical thing is like boys like to, to move and like think and girls like to feel and play, you know, house yeah. or whatever. And, and, and that kind of stuff. So, if everyone's doing all of it, I know um, we might actually be yeah. able to study what the role of biology is because we don't know right now. True, that's true. If they have similar experiences, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Because yeah, there's there's certainly diff- male there's certainly differences in like biological differences between male and, males and females. Um, but you're right, we don't know. In animals, we can t- sort of tell the difference mm-hmm. um, with between the biology because I don't know if they have the same kind of um, differences in rearing. Yeah, depend. I mean, depending on if they're whether they are participating in the rearing or not. Right. But then, I mean, that's also you know the ability to think. Obviously, like our cognitive evolution is is part of that, and so we you know, males get to decide if they want to be part of this rearing or not. I mean, so do females in some way. And maybe it's like an unlocking of the feminine sides of the brain. And, you know, it's like males have that capacity, but it's, you know, maybe they're they're organizational effects that happen really early on. Um, And then when they get to like, you know, teenage years or even, you know, reproductive years, like actual reproductive years, um, if the structure, if the brain has been organized in a certain way, then the hormones can activate them yep. so that it, you know, they are more participatory in rearing or whatever. But mm. if it's organized in a different way, then they, they can't do it, you know, like they, they yeah. don't know how. Yeah. And I think at least people are giving boys more opportunity to develop emotions in, in childhood and in infancy. Like it's. You know, I hope a lot of people know it's not okay to say, like, don't cry, be a man. Um, I mean, definitely people within our circles, but I think it still happens. Probably. I mean, not as much as it has in the past, but... Yeah, but that's that's for sure, you know, that's for sure changing the trajectory of the emotional brain development. Yeah. It's like, squash it all, don't feel it, push it down. Um, yeah, don't experience it. That's shameful. I know. Um, I mean, girls probably, girls get it too. Yeah, girls are well not to cry sometimes too. Probably not as much, but 
Well, I mean, I think that's a good point in terms of like women and valuing their their brain because yeah, like I, I mean, whether it's natural for us and not for men, I don't know. But let's say whatever. There's a, a desire to like unleash emotions, and if we're not allowed to, then that's harmful to us, and that's that's oppression. Yes. Like I think this is. I mean, I think this even connects back to all the stuff with like Me Too and Times Up, you know, like mm-hmm. these there there's just been um I'm just thinking of like an example of someone who told us a story of um someone who she was asked out on a date with and she had this like just vibe that it wasn't right and just like her intuition was like I shouldn't go out with this person and then you know always felt weird about it because she was kind of cool to the person um, but then like literally like 15 years later, she found out like it, he was basically exposed for doing a bunch of stuff. And yeah. so she didn't get her validation for like 15 years, even though she held on to that, the feeling and also the guilt of having done that and then finally got validation. And I feel like that's what's happening with a lot of the, the Me Too times up is people are like getting validated for these feelings, these intuitions that mm-hmm. I think are very feminine base like it's our brain's way of perceiving these things seeing danger you know whatever mm-hmm. it is um and and we haven't historically we have not been able to respond to these very true inner sensations that we've had yeah absolutely i mean it's changed so much in the past year or so like even two years ago there was a person on our floor um who was like winking at us and kind of like me and some of my other female coworkers, like and getting too close to some people, like going into like small rooms with them and making them feel uncomfortable. And at the time we're like, Oh, do you think we should tell HR? Like, Haha. it's like kind of weird. You know, like we couldn't even admit that it's like, this person is a giant creep. We don't want him anywhere near us. And it's everything he's doing is inappropriate. Like to even just say it that outright was like not in our, in our, uh, you know, our ability at the time. I know. Um, and now, if that happened, we'd be like, the first thing he did, we'd be like, that guy's making me uncomfortable. Um, I'm actually listening to it, right? So, like, yeah. I feel like this movement has for sure amplified our intuition and our inner voice. And, like what you were saying, like, erase that feeling of guilt. Like, it's like, oh, I don't want to get them in trouble because what if, like, mm-hmm. they aren't meaning to be putting out these signals? Well, it's like, they are, so. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, even as we're talking about this... Um, I'm thinking of someone in the department where we both were, and I don't, I don't know if, if you would know, cause it was potentially more with grad students and like young faculty, but, um, like right now I'm, I'm, I can't say who it was. Like I'm too nervous Yeah. and, but like it was beyond ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, but yet I'm still, like, I'm holding back. Like, where I should be, this is who it was, and this is what he did, but I can't, right. I can't do it. Yeah. It still has power. I know. And I'm a pretty outspoken person, like, just... Yeah. But, I yeah. you, though. Sometimes but, you don't want to admit it to yourself, or even, you know, it's not even always just about what the consequences are of talking about it. Yeah. Well, and you know what, and I guess too, part of it is like my strategy, like the strategy I adopted for it was um, to joke with it. I acted kind of like, you know, no big deal. And, you know, and I could do that because I wasn't that uncomfortable. Like I could, you know, that's, I could easily switch that and then I could joke back. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was liked. Yeah. You know, whereas some other people weren't, but, and so I feel yeah, I'm ashamed of my reaction. I'm ashamed that I was, like, totally permitting it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it would be different if it happened now. I know. I think about that all the time. Yeah. That was a big time for everyone, I think, men and women, to reflect on all of the treatment that they've had and given um, in the past, right? Like, yeah. Um such a great thing that happened I know it's amazing I mean it is also interesting because I know there are like a lot of 
men are scared. Like they're mm-hmm. afraid to say anything. They're afraid of what they have done in the past, um, not knowing if it was good or bad. And yeah, um, they're afraid to mentor women now. And you know, not all. Like, but there, there is a some group of people, and I think some of those men are people who probably do need to change their behavior, and some of them are just like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know if what I did was right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also interesting how that is gonna, and is currently changing, what happens in the workplace and how women are allowed to be in the workplace. Like, you know, are we gonna let them? Who's going to let them be vocal and who's going to try to silence them or, or not give them opportunities to speak, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or share these emotions. I mean, you could even say, well, that's just emotional, so, you know, we don't talk about that. And it could further suppress it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be counterintuitive. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really interesting. And... The other, at the same time, there's such a push for diversity now. Um, whether or not that actually happens um, in every field, you know, like women want equal representation now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and so diversity of of thinking, and if we do, you know, sort of relate this back to like the the differences in like a female brain or a feminine brain you know what are the things what would you say emotions is one but like what what would you say are the top you know three to five things that a female brain how a female female brain is different from like a male brain I also want to just acknowledge that I know we're talking about this very much like a dichotomy and I I do feel like it's a continuum um but yeah, I'm ignoring that. All now. these feminine qualities too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they will. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like there's a lack of like a outright aggression and competition. Maybe more cooperation and collaboration. Um, probably, um, yeah, like more of a sharing of power maybe not as much of a concentration of of power um other female female qualities like caring how people feel caring how people how people's lives are thinking of them as a whole person making making cupcakes on birthdays (laughs) exactly like saying like how are you today for real like how are you actually feeling today not like how are you going to um be efficient at finishing this assignment as fast as possible. Yeah. Well, uh, language skills, lang- like yeah. verbal language skills. Yeah. Um, which comes back to that idea of like when we're in a big meeting, like what is the intention? Is the intention here to, to you know, make a decision quickly and have one voice or is it to actually like collaborate on mm-hmm. decisions? And Because yeah. that's also something I've heard criticism of like, you know, when like me when all this, like the Me Too stuff and everything started coming out and women were like, when you're in a meeting, because women often get talked over or they don't speak up or whatever they're ignored, if a woman makes a good point in a meeting, another woman in the room should say, good idea, Mandy. Like, I agree with that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But I think there was criticism of that point where it was like, Everyone should just be a person and not, you know, single people out. I hadn't heard that, but I like that idea. It's So I actually think that is related to another skill then, sort of the collaboration and stuff, which is why I think all of this is happening right now, is the, the power of numbers, the shared voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of the platform of like Facebook and, you know, Twitter and just general social media, women are able to collaborate across like globally right now to share yeah. these experiences in ways that we've never, ever been able to do before. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a skill, like the the ability to share experiences verbally. Yeah, that's a skill. Yeah, absolutely. And there's yeah. people making a lot of money like you know, Facebook people 
based mm-hmm. on this, which I think is a very feminine quality. Yeah. Like Facebook, I think is feminine. It's the business is, is, you know, masculinely run or whatever, but it's like, it's based on a feminine skill and it's right. one of the most popular things in the world right now. And there's like that whisper thing as well. People are just like dying to get out how they feel. They want people to know how they feel. Yeah. You've seen, um, yeah, I guess that, yeah. Validating people's experiences. Um, the idea of like, abundance for one person is abundance for everybody so like you know not trying to take people down I guess that's the competition part yeah um holistic thinking I guess that's related but like a holistic thinking yeah whole whole person whole holistic thinking um yeah absolutely it's funny because yeah go ahead sorry oh no go ahead I was just thinking like of some of these like skills and like how, how they, and I'd be interested to hear what you think about your own personal skills in each of those ones you just listed. But so for me, like the competition one, I feel very competitive. So when you first said that, I was like, well, wait, wait, but I feel very competitive, but that is like a masculine trait, but Mm -hmm. I'm very competitive in team environments. I cannot compete solo. I have to like, love it. Like I love, and all of my labs in science were amazing except my postdoc lab which is where I basically like fell off the you know the charts but before that it's like we're working together everyone we needed each other to actually make our experiments run because they were so labor intensive and we were all pushing each other and sure we were competing against that lab and that lab and that lab or whatever but together we were working as a team so it's like I got to use this like desire to be competitive but bringing the whole team together Mm-hmm. And I, and that happens in sports and everything. Like I've never I never do individual sports. It's all let's together win this game. You yeah, know? for sure. I feel the same. I felt like I had the similar experience in the lab too. Yeah, yeah. Because it was always like, oh, that that other lab. You know, we're gonna do better than them or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, within our lab, that was something we really prided ourselves on. Um, more my more my postdoc lab. Um, was that, you know, we're always there for each other. We're, we'll, you know, we'll come in at 6 a.m. for anyone and help anyone out because we're all in it together. Um, Columbia, there was insane things going on, like people throwing out other people's lab books. Um, but then there was, like, the male PI who would give two postdocs the exact same project and say same. whoever finishes that first gets the paper and neuron. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so crazy. And the other person is going to be homeless after, like, what the heck? Which is so interesting, because I I get that from a masculine, if that's all you know, or if that's how you've succeeded, then that strategy might work, and I, and I guess it's not a, for me, it's not about saying that those strategies don't work, but honoring these other strategies, like, asking them to work on it together, and Mm -hmm. say, we'll all be on it, could actually have been more efficient, and could have got better results, better paper, you know, better whatever, but no, he would have never thought of that. As yeah, an maybe the feminine one is like the cooperative competition. Yeah, something. Um, yeah. Um, there is another one that I wanted to speak to of the list. More about the last one. I can't remember what you said though. Um, support, like support or communication. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I should have. Uh, I should have been writing it down, but <laughs> um, aggressiveness too was like a big, always a big um, turn off for me. Mm. Uh, and because I mean, I'm not competitive at right. all. Like I will just. Yeah. And I would say passionate. Even in like men, there's lots of men who are passionate about their, especially in science. Um, yeah. But they that might be more of a feminine quality that I would put as a female brain thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cause I, Cause I being aggressive and passionate are totally different. Aggressive is like wiping out the competition for me to be the top, right. to be the best. And passionate is way more internal, right? Like it's like, I care and love about, love this thing so much. So for it totally but imagine if you're a woman then and the only thing you see in role models is the aggressive output 
you might like transition your passion into aggression because Mm -hmm. that's the only thing you've ever seen or how you've ever, you know, something that closely models what you're, what you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, are there any female leader role models that would be, I guess, Oprah? (laughs) Um, you know, that's a good question. Like, I don't, I don't know much of like about Oprah. Like, I don't, I don't know think I, her leadership or anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always people who say good things and bad things, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I'd like to know more about her style. I would love to. Like, I mean, she should write like a, a memoir about leadership. If you know, if she's a good example, cause who else is there? Like not Sheryl Sandberg, not, um, you know, those are like, aren't those very, I haven't read her book, but I, I, from what I've heard is like, that's like a very like act like a man kind of thing. Yeah. I started her book and then I didn't, I liked it actually. Oh, okay. I mean, I like the stats to be honest. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, exactly. There is a lot of acting like a man, but there's, there is some good messages like in terms of I guess that's a good, I don't know, I'm just thinking, like, owning your stuff. Like, even just, like, I've been using that term, like, owning mm-hmm. or honoring how our brain works. Like, that could be very masculine because it seems, like, individual then. So, um, yeah, how, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we own it? Because how does, like, her same messages of, like, how do you get into this these meetings? How do you get, you know how do you lean into all of these opportunities when the world is masculine dominated? Yeah. You know, how do we say, listen? Yeah. When people aren't valuing. Yeah. Things. I, I think, think vulnerability is probably another big feminine quality. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good one. That would be completely rejected by that world. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say this properly, but um, I've been listening to Kimberly Johnson's podcast a lot lately. I don't know who that is. She's pretty great. She wrote a book called The Fourth Trimester. Oh. Which is really cool. She's a body worker. Um, she's great. And um, she, I wish I could remember it properly, but she was saying something basically like, if we try to, when we try to fight back against the patriarchy and fight back against these, all these like male dominated systems, we're not gonna, it's not gonna be optimal because it's already a broken system. Mm-hmm. So, like, trying to operate in the broken system is not necessarily gonna restore any balance. Right. That makes uh, sense. Right? She says it a, a little bit nicer, but um, I really have been thinking about that idea. Right, so we need to have a new system, like, like so. What I can't even imagine what that would be like. How if we were to reimagine the system, how would it it be? Yeah, that's my biggest question. I'm like, who, like, who is is Oprah the example? Is there a, fa- a woman that we can look to who's like, this is how we treat people and act in 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 a feminine way in business or. Um, I think if set up, yeah, for like know. a feminine, if if we really think of you know feminine, the feminine brain as being like collaborative, holistic, um, wholeness, whatever, then it the spotlight has to come off the individual. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, how do you spotlight an energy or a or a group or a community? Yeah, when someone's name has to be first. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's even like the structure, that's the system that's like, it's so ingrained in there. Yeah, yeah. That's a a really good point. And I would feel good working in in a system like that. I would feel good working on a project that did something great and, you know, everyone got credit for being part of it. You know, it's funny. Do you know much about crypto, cryptocurrency or like blockchain? Yeah, <laughs> well, I know 
I don't, I don't know enough about it at all. Um, all I hear about it is through like what Mike talks about to me. Okay. But, um, when he first started talking about it, he like blockchain, are you familiar with like blockchain versus crypto chain, cryptocurrency? Okay. So like the blockchain is like this network of like stuff where no one really owns it, which is also the internet, which I find really interesting. So it's basically just no one owns it. And even the person who, who wrote, who described the first, the blockchain, I think it is, is Mm -hmm. potentially a fictitious, fictitious person. Like the original article, no one knows who that person is. So there's questions about whether that's actually a real person or not. Right. Which is interesting because if it's not, maybe it just like they had to insert it into a, a system, even though, you know, mm. whatever it was, maybe it's collaborative or whatever. And I was like, this is actually, to me, it feels feminine. Like the, the blockchain idea feels feminine because no one person, like you can take anyone out and it still yep. functions and no one person is going to own it or dominate it. Mm. And it's like all works together. That's really cool. Yeah. So I was like, what if it was like a bunch of women who started this and no one knows? That would be amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. I just want to put that out there in case it all comes out one day and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." (laughs) Taught date stamps. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Except by then it won't matter because I'll be one of the many and my personal identity won't matter anymore. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll be be fully enlightened. (laughs) I guess like if the feminine actually took over, it would be the form of, it would be like enlightenment, like global enlightenment or humanity enlightenment or something like that yeah well then because that's sort of inherently saying that in you know the masculine has like parts of the internal repressed or shut down in some ways right yeah which I think is true I think that's why everyone's that's why everyone's has horrible mental health and is feeling all these horrible feelings um yeah, mm-hmm. you need an emotional intelligence revolution, feminine revolution. I know, but like, you know, it's just, there's too many ideas. <laughs> yeah, we to start somewhere. Yeah, it's all good though. I like it. This was fun. Awesome. Cool. Okay, um, well, enjoy the rest of your day then. Thank you, you too. I'll talk soon. Okay.